You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Father Poirier and I kind of go at it a little bit differently. I was listening to his homily this morning from last week just to kind of compare. Uh, and they're both, his is, well, his is better than mine, but they're both, they're both okay. Um, but he gets more into the nuts and the bolts of it, the mechanics. I do more the thematic. What are the movements of heart and mind that we're supposed to have? Although we're both focused on the same thing, it's kind of a good comparison. So I think it's worth listening to one or the other if you miss one. They're relatively short. It's on our website. You can even put in your car if you're taking a, a 15 minute drive if you want to listen to Father Poirier, a 12 minute drive if you want to listen to me. Um, But last week, just to kind of bring us to where we are today in the liturgy of the Word, remember we're talking about climbing the mountain of the Lord and our disposition before we come into Mass. And that our disposition should be one that's really echoed in our gospel today. Repent. Repent. Which means to change. So we should come to the church with a disposition that we need to change, which is why I spent all that time on humility going through Luke's gospel, because if we don't have humility, in other words, we don't understand who we are in relationship to God, then we don't see any reason to change. We're okay. Whether we are or we're not, we think we're okay, and so we're not going to open our minds and our hearts to anything different if we don't think we need to have some sort of change. So there's John the Baptist, repent, repent, change your lives, change your lives. And that's what we do when we come. And so we leave the fallen world and we come up the mountain of the Lord to a holy place, a place where he is. And that's the church. I mentioned that many churches in Europe, older churches are built on the top of hills to actually take that image and concretize it. And so we come into the church and the first thing we do usually is we find the holy water and we make, remember our baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, just like we do at the beginning of Mass. We genuflect before we get into the pew or bow. And that's in Scripture itself as well, acknowledging that we're in the house of God and He is truly present in the tabernacle. Psalm 95, bend the knee before the Lord our Maker. Bow down and bend the knee before the Lord our Maker. St. Paul in Philippians says, because of this, meaning Jesus' humility, because of this, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon the name upon, above every other name, so that Jesus' name every beam, knee must bend, in the earth and under the earth and above the earth, to the glory of God the Father. So we bend our knee or we bow down because we're in the house of the Lord, that disposition of humility. And I went through the penitential rite last week. We're sinners, we're sinners, we're sinners. Mea copa, mea copa, mea copa. Help us to change. And then we don't do this during Advent because we are awaiting the coming of our Savior, but we have the glory we give glory to God. We give glory to God for his love for us even though we are sinners and the willingness to help us to change for the better. So all of these things in sacred scripture, you know, that we do, that we may not think about the little things, holy water, where does that come from? You know, 
genuflecting? Is it just a mere perfunctory protocol of reverence? Or is it something that we think about while we do it? Just, this is why we're here. And so we do those preparatory rites to dispose ourselves to receive Christ in his word and in his sacrament of the altar. And in his word, when we hear our readings, I think this is a very important point. Father Poirier sends me his homilies before we do them, so I pick out the things I like and I Bradyize them and <laughs> to present them. But we, but this was a great point that I hadn't, I don't think I've ever preached this before. And that is when we hear the word of God in our readings, it's not us hearing about God. It's us hearing God. It's us hearing God directly. He speaks to us directly in sacred scripture. It's not us reading a story about someone. It's God communicating directly with us in sacred scripture, which is why the Bible is such an important <laughs> instrument of God's revelation. And some people wonder, okay, where's the Bible from? And, or that we're not biblical people. And sometimes we have moved away from the roots of what we teach to fail to connect it to the Bible, but it's like our first reading today. You know, many of you memorize the gifts of the Holy Spirit, huh? And there they are in Isaiah. And I know many people who could tell me the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they couldn't tell me that it came from Isaiah in our first reading today. You know, shoots out, sprout from the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a bud shall blossom, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and strength, of fortitude, spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. So we as Catholics sometimes have to do better about not only knowing our faith, but maybe knowing where it comes from. It's all rooted in the Bible, as are the corporal works of mercy, etc. But anyway, when we think of coming and hearing the word of God, we, we are hearing it, yes. But we are also being spoken to by God himself. And that's why when we have our lectors come up and, 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 and they read, we have a book of them to prepare to do a good job to make sure that they are worthy instruments of the word of God being expressed to the congregation. And so when we hear the word of God, hopefully we are instructed. And oh, there's that word again I mentioned last week. Why do we come to the house of the Lord? To be instructed and to walk in his way. That was the first reading last week, to be instructed and to walk in his way. Again, humility comes back. Do we need to be instructed or do we think we do? And so here we have St. Paul in his letter to the Romans again saying, whatever was written previously was written for our instruction, that by endurance and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And so we come to be instructed by God in the liturgy of the word. And so we have an Old Testament reading foreshadowing, prefiguring, prophecies. Then we have our psalm, which kind of elevates us. It's sung. It's supposed to bring us to a higher level till we reach the New Testament where we talk about Christ, the highest of levels. And then we have our gospel. 
Gospel reading is very special because the four Gospels are centered on the life of Christ. They have a very special and central place in the Bible, in sacred scripture. So we proclaim the Gospel and we make the sign, right? Do every week, Lord, bless my mind, my intellect, that I may hear and understand what you say, my lips, that I may proclaim the gospel, the good news, in my heart, that I may embrace it, that I may embrace it in my heart. Because it is the way that we want to adopt as a way of living and a way of being fashioned in the image and in the likeness of God. The change, the repentance that is to occur. A change in our lives where we act more like the higher nature that God originally made us versus the lower nature which we live on this earth that's inclined towards sin and imperfection and weaknesses and faults. And so we hear the gospel reading, we say, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Why praise? Because it's a gift to us, the gift of our salvation. The gift of our salvation being given to us by the word of God, communicated directly to us. And then you hear a brilliant homily given by Father Brady or Father Poirier. And we're supposed to expound and part of our charism is to explain what Christ is communicating to us and how we apply that to the time in the life that God has given to each of us. And I'll admit, sometimes it's a hit, sometimes not so much. I've got good days, I've got bad days. Maybe God sometimes is teaching you with patience with Father Brady when he's not maybe preaching a very good homily. Sometimes it touches one person and that's what God wanted and it doesn't touch everybody else. God works in the way God works. I've had many people tell me in a homily that I thought was really not well done. I just didn't feel good about it and thank me and tell me something that I never got out of the homily. The Holy Spirit works that way. It's amazing how he can speak to each and every one of us if our ears are open and our heart is ready to receive. And so we have the homily which expounds and then we take all of that and we profess our faith together, the one faith, the creed. And that is supposed to be a summary of everything that we believe at the end of being instructed by the liturgy of the word. And then following the gospel dictates, we pray our prayers of petition. We pray our prayers that God will give us what we need, particularly in order to continue our journey towards salvation. And then we end and take a break before the liturgy of the Eucharist. So we begin by being instructed by God himself in the liturgy of the word. We're fed at that table of the word. And then we are fed at the table of the Eucharist. Next week, as we come together and we think of what we ourselves will need to do, is once we're instructed, Jesus has told us it's not easy. It's not easy to change. It's not easy to accept God's grace, to change to the life that Christ demands. And so we need his grace, we need his strength, we need the Holy Spirit. And we hear in our gospel reading today, John the Baptist saying, hey, I'm just baptizing you with water. Someone's gonna come to baptize you in the spirit and it's not me. And then we think again of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in Isaiah 
that elevation, that strength, the fortitude that we need to have to be able to take the word of God and to allow him to change our lives by the gift of his grace and the strength that's given in the Eucharist to do precisely that he himself. And so we'll pick up there next week. We'll pick up there next week when we talk about the liturgy of the Eucharist, where it's from, and how we hopefully will see that this is truly the house of God, truly the presence of Christ in the blessed sacrament, in the tabernacle, but also in the assembly of the body of Christ that comes to visit it.